<laughs> episode 14. Oh, yeah. Here we are. Probably should have, yeah, this probably should have been uh, ep- the first episode of our 10th season, I guess. Episode X1. Ooh, am I right, guys? Yeah. Yep. That would have worked. Never gets old. No. <laughs> All of my jokes never get old. That's the point of doing a joke over and over again, right? Loving it. And not to spoil too much, but next week we probably should have saved that episode for episode 571. Yeah, I'm not sure which movie, what movie you're referring to. But... Right. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to give it away. Right. <laughs> That's if we keep on our schedule. Right. Which we will. Uh, so let's see. I had a pretty good weekend, I'll say. Tell us about it. Well, I'm an avid bowler now. Oh, yeah. And Jamie's been witness to my rise to greatness. Uh, we've had to come to terms on the team with him potentially becoming the best player on the team after being one of the worst players I've ever seen in my life, not even on my team, like just in general. <laughs> uh, and he's on a meteor- meteoric rise uh, to power and is bowling like a maniac right now. Yep. You should see him play basketball. Uh, <laughs> that will never go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> with the uh, NCAA tournament going on, I, I did think about those intramural games we had this one game where we couldn't get in the recreational league we got into the like competitive league or something like that you remember that alex you were on the team no i wasn't on the team but i I remember hearing about it oh you weren't on oh my gosh it was the worst so we're just playing all these people (laughs) who'd run out of eligibility oh jesus and we're like dunking on us we lost like 33 to 130 points oh my god but anyway i don't like to think about that i'd like to think about uh, you know, how well I'm doing at bowling. Yeah. He, he, Kyle had never bowled over a 200. And in the last week, how many times have you bowled over 200? Uh, it's probably like, it's like three times. Three times right? now. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. In the last week. 221 yeah. wow. in competition. Yep. He's With my a, handicap, that was a 320. <laughs> yeah. He's got a, he's got a higher best game in competition than I do. Ridiculous. <sighs> Would you say you're the Parker Bone of submarine film podcasts? I don't even know who that I'm is. I'm not sure what that is referring to. <laughs> I think he's a bowler. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. Sure. Um, yeah. Why not? I think Pete, Pete Weber, isn't that one? Yeah. yeah Web, was Weber one. was a famous guy. Yeah. I just know Jason Belmont. I want to say know. Parker Bone was kind of like the bad boy of bowling. He always wore sunglasses while he was bowling and stuff like that. That's not That's not bad bull. This is cool. Right. <laughs> We're not talking about Ken Bone, the guy who asked a question to Donald Trump and had less than 15 minutes of fame. I think it was like nine and a half minutes of fame or something. Were, oh, you weren't even on the message on that. No. I was sending around this week because I looked him up this week because I wanted to see what was going on with him. And there's somebody that shares his same name. I think it's an assistant head coach at Gonzaga. Great. So you look it up on Google. That guy's photo's there. And then it says assistant head coach at Gonzaga. Jesus Christ. Like, Wait, what? And I had to delve deeper into it. I'm like, okay, it's not him. It's another guy with that same name. Okay, Pete Web- Pete Weber is the sunglasses bowler. Yeah. He's oh, yeah. Boy. Parker Bone is uh, a little more, a little more milk toast. He's got a nice mustache going on. Probably, probably more accurately, uh, a good description of Kyle. Yeah, I like it. I will say we're jumping ahead to season five um, bowling movies right now. Yep. I feel like we got to reel it right back in. Uh, yeah, we will. Okay, uh, Alex, you did something semi-athletic this weekend, right? Uh, I want to say that. <laughs> uh, well, no. it's a competition of sorts. It, it was. This is a third year in a row. We got a team together and did beer Olympics. It's a lot of fun. We got first place two times wow. in a row. You got it again yesterday? Yeah, we won again yesterday. Easily, though, we were kicking everybody's butts. We placed in everything except for one event. 
So out of like the eight things you can get points on, we got them seven out of eight things we got points on. So like what games do you guys do for competitions? Or I mean, if they're even games, what do you do to get points? Uh, well, first off, we uh, were all wearing Lederhosen because we were the Germans. We were trying to be like the Germans from Beer Fest. <laughs> so we were wearing uh-huh. Lederhosen. So we got second place in uh, our, our costume. Uh, we lost to a group of people that showed up as Anchorman people or whatever. So that's fine. I called them Goodwill because uh, they're clearly <laughs> Goodwill clothes. <laughs> and, I bet uh, they, they really liked you. Exactly. Well, the one guy tried to fight me too, but... He ended up buying. He ended up buying me a shot by the end of the night, so it's all good. And then uh, there's beer chug, flip cup, uh, three ball pool, which is just regular pool, just so you can get your three balls in quickest. Just try to move things around quicker. Cornhole, and then like a ring toss kind of deal. No Beirut or beer pong or something. Oh, there was beer pong. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Yep. Yep. There was that. Now this, you don't do this because I was trying to explain it to my wife. Um, she thought that this was just some kind of backyard competition. This is at a bar. Yeah, right? it's at a bar. Yeah, there were 14 teams, places packed. They got a Jägermeister rep that was there that was buying shots for everybody. And like he like he had his credit card sitting out on the bar. I could see it. It clearly just said like Jägermeister of Ohio. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> I should have taken a photograph <laughs> of it. But yeah, it's it's pretty legit. And so, yeah, back to back world champs. We won twice in a row now. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yes, appreciate congratulations. that. Thank you. Did you, you I, I mean, I feel like you should, did you rep the uh, the podcast uh, in your winning speech, your victory speech? Uh, you know what? They actually didn't uh, do a speech for us this year because mm. uh, we were pretty toasted by the end of it. Uh, but yeah, it kind of makes sense. We did get some pretty cool prizes. Zach got himself a surfboard that said Jägermeister on it. I got a shot what? ski. <laughs> Eric, Wait, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why are they giving out a surfboard to anybody living in Ohio? I don't know. <laughs> but they were like, you can come up here and pick anything you want. Zach immediately took that. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Alrighty. So that was it. It was fun. Yeah, that's cool. Brown, did you do anything? Uh nothing special. I played uh played cards all weekend, played cards with my cousins and played cards on Friday night and Wow. That's about it. Your cards is like our bowling. Yeah, I guess so. Obsessive. <laughs> and yeah, I didn't do all that much. Been relaxing to the max, doing some run running on the weekends. My wife's training for a marathon, so she had long runs. I was helping her out with that, dropping off water and all that stuff too. So, man, relaxation. Nice. Yeah. And then I had to watch this shit. What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Second Floor Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, Alex the Mustard Man, the artist formerly known as Brom, Jamie the Brain, Kyle El Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion. All right, Alex, what movie did we watch this weekend? All right, we uh, we watched Submarine X-1, hailing out of 1968. It's a World War II submarine movie. It'll be 1969, I believe. It, was, and it ended up being released, but maybe that was confusing. It was w- weirdly filmed there are, earlier. Yeah, there's probably I all kinds of- I found three different release dates yeah, for it. Yeah, it was filmed in 1967, so and then like shelved for a while, so it probably appeared here and there at different points, but- uh, yeah, that well-known film that everyone knows, Submarine X-1, that everyone think talks about and thinks about. All the time. All the time. I certainly do. It stars James Caan, 
and we all know James Caan from uh, Godfather. He was one of the one of the family members in in The Godfather, and then uh, more famously known as the father of Scott Caan. Uh, for all our Hawaii Five O heads out there, <laughs> love Scott Caan. Simply amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, this movie opens up with a. Scene of a beach yep. and just a bunch of people stumbling in from the waves. Yeah, they actually kind of beat up. I kind of dug this opening. It was kind of a weird, interesting way of opening a film about a submarine sinking. Because we think about mm-hmm. like uh, Run Silent, Run Deep, which kind of opens in a similar way. They're on a submarine that gets sunk. And then they kind of it's about the story of the people recovering from that and trying to get revenge of sorts. Right. Uh, because of it. And uh, in that case, you see the submarine sink. Here, it's almost like they didn't have the money for it, or they were like, wait, people are going to be confused. We need to show that they totes were part of this submarine that sunk. And so they just have them stumbling out of the sea, and they're like, our submarine sunk. But everyone on the submarine kind of hates, or everyone who survived kind of hates the captain who's played by James Caan. And he sits there in really subdued performance. It was a little bit strange at times mm-hmm. where he'd kind of just like mumble his lines deadpan for the most part and yet i everywhere i looked people were like real nice performance by james Conn. really nice you know <laughs> really showing how he was going to become a star i was like really okay i mean i guess if that's I, the case any of us could do it right yeah <laughs> but i couldn't also couldn't tell because this was the uh the royal navy whether he was a captain i guess he was a captain right he was a commander is he was his a title. commander and, and his name was richard bolton so in all my notes i just have him listed as dick bolton yes as he should be referred to. <laughs> so they have a brief moment where he goes to the Royal Navy Hospital and he sees some of the people that were working under him and they're all still like, fuck off, get out of here. And then he goes in and he's informed that he will, in fact, not be um, court-martialed, that they've decided that it wasn't really his fault, that in the end what he did by taking a submarine and attacking a destroyer, a, a, a German ship that turned out to be too well-armored and getting 50 men ki- killed was actually the right thing to be doing and not a mistake. So yep. they give him command of a training program for a so- top secret submarine called the X-Class. Oh, yes. For sure. And what is the X-Class, Kyle? It's what? a midget class submarine. A little person <laughs> class submarine. Uh, and these these submarines, there's going to be three of them. And these submarines are real tiny. They hold four people. And, you know, you can kind of take them and... You can have a diver go out of them pretty easily, cut a small hole in the submarine nets and avoid evade mines much easier and kind of make your way into even a secluded location mm-hmm. uh, to attack some boats. Yep. So they start their training program and they assemble all the people there. And it's kind of a funny little scene of them going up to Scotland and they're all shipped in like a butter shortbread, butter filled shortbread um, truck. And they're all like, Jesus, like finally we're here. We, you know, we can we can maybe have some rest and relaxation rather than all this like secretive garbage and out walks James Khan, a bunch of their old commander. I mean, there was a bunch of the people that survived the submarine that James Khan yep. uh, commanded. And they're like, fuck this. And immediately a <laughs> bunch of them are like, I want to get out of here. And they're like, no, sorry. It's top secret. Ever heard of it? Right. It is top secret. Also didn't know if you noticed, but someone's got his dick out. Oh, is that you? No, that's weird. It's me. And I <laughs> call the shots around here. So no, thank you. You're on these subs. Take care of your business. Like, you know, fuck off, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But the place they're staying is pretty nice. Oh, it's like a castle. It is a castle. It's yeah. crazy. But then this is awesome because they just like immediately get into a training montage. I know. And what was so weird is I was like, all right, submarine time. No, it was not submarine time. It was actually not submarine time forever. Uh, instead, it was right. almost like a James Bond or training of James Bond movie mm-hmm. where they're like having 
And I knew it was going to come back for later in the film, but they would have like divers and like a diver would come at someone with a knife and they'd you know, like fight off this guy with you a knife. multiple times. I was like, wait, you're on a submarine. When are you encountering your diver with a knife? Oh, we'll see. Don't worry about it. Like, yes. uh, we'll see that everything they do is actually important. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're diving, yeah. they're working on surfacing yep. on a beach, getting up there, and then they do the knife fights on yeah. the beach because why not? And then they it have this- culminates, culminates in this one training thing. Oops. Yep, where they have to dive into a pool and remove a bolt with a wrench, but you can't do it without any oxygen. Yeah, you, can, you don't have your oxygen. It's like, basically, you might have to go out and do something real quick without oxygen available, and you need to be able to do it. So mm-hmm. they're testing that ability. And everyone's able to do it, like, real easy, no big deal, except for this one guy who goes down and- Seemingly doesn't want to work a wrench. I don't know. I, I was, don't know either. I, I almost sitting there wanted watching. to help him. What are you doing, man? Yeah. I was like, is he turning it the wrong way? What is even happening? He was barely moving this like bolt that he was supposed to be getting out of the the thing. It seemed like it was less about holding his breath because he seemed to hold his breath forever. Mm-hmm. It was more about the fact that he had no idea how to use the tool itself. I was like, <laughs> right. oh, just teach him how to use a wrench. <laughs> he's gonna Not that he's hard. gonna kill himself. Uh, but he, he keeps he cut surfaces and he's barely alive. And, you know, James Conn's like, get him back in the water. I, mm-hmm. I need to see that bolt. And he goes down again and basically drowns. Uh, it's basically straight out of the abyss. He lets him drown and then brings him back up to the surface. Conn does. He jumps in. Yeah. Everybody's waiting around, looking, freaking out. When's he going to go in? Yeah. Conn's like, and then, gotcha, boy. Like an elegant, like, dolphin dives into the ocean and pulls him out of the water. And the guy's, again, even less alive now. And yes. he's like, ring him out. And get him back, and I I want to see that bolt. And everyone's yes. like, "God damn it!" Because then the the guys out. Well, he even calls him out though. He says, "You got you have a weak member yeah, on yeah. your crew." Yeah, it's basically the show Weakest Link. This is where the show Weakest Link came from. <laughs> they watch this movie. They're like, "You know, be a great show, a game show where it's about the Weakest Link." Like, great idea. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, and they uh the, the his like subordinate the guy who's like kind of second in command or captain of the boat or whatever i don't even know how you describe him yeah but he kind of countermands the order and says like take him to his bed mm-hmm. and so we get a scene of him the guy who almost drowned in his bed waking up and being like what an asshole like i'm going to show him and going out and doing it doing it and get bringing him the bolt and then collapsing and he's now he's it actually was, sick he's like exhausted it was pretty funny though because <laughs> When he comes back into the room, he finds the commander. He finds Dick Bolton. Yeah. And he screams or something. And Dick Bolton says, all right, enough of the theatrics or yeah. something. And then the guy proceeds to slam the bolt down, falls into a table, knocks all this <laughs> chessboard over. <laughs> I just thought that's the most theatrical thing you could have done. Yeah. Yeah. I also loved how often they were like drinking. It'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, we're just off for a second. Like grab some beers, grab some whiskey, like blah, blah. And you'll see at the end, the ending was even the funniest part of that. <laughs> It's like yes. all the time, it's like, pour me a beer. Like, we're just hanging out. Even before, like, they'd have to run off and, like, man a gun that's trying to shoot at a plane or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so they're they're all kind of talking behind his back a little bit. Um, oh, about the guy Con, who's- Yeah, James he's in, Well, he's he's now he's in, in sick bay. Yes. Yeah. And so they're kind of saying, like, this guy's crazy. Like, you know, I even told him, I told him not to go back out there. I countermanded his, his, his order, but- you know, it didn't matter. He had made it such a, in such a way that this guy felt like he had to jump in. And so they're kind of talking shit about him. And everyone's talking shit about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then all of a sudden a warning siren sounds. Yep. Wham. Yes. German planes. Yeah. and Well, uh, one plane. Sorry. Lucky for them, that plane uh, was actually flying in 1946. So they didn't have to worry so, too much about it. Because <laughs> it was a black and white archive footage plane that I couldn't believe they actually used in a film that they released. Right. 
it was weird because it's a not a black and white movie, guys. It's a color movie. <laughs> and then they <laughs> they shoot over <laughs> to a black and white picture of a plane and like, oh no, that plane's here. Yep. And then somebody says something along the lines of, man, whatever we're hiding, I hope it's worth it. And they say, well, you better believe it is. And then finally they go over and pull the nets off and you see the mini subs. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's about time. It took 25 minutes. So the whole thing was the plane. They were just hoping the plane was doing a routine check of Scotland. Why would they? But that's what they're hoping, right? But it's enough of uh of an issue that they end up getting the the main commander to come over and kind of be like like we're a little worried that mm-hmm. you know things are that they're getting wind of something up here they're trying to search for it they're a little worried about the potential that we have something that can attack a, a destroyer in a fjord so like you know we need to kind of like hop to it so they start their submarine you know training and stuff and it's they're drilling really really hard and so they have this whole kind of series of events they go through in these submarines. Mm-hmm. And as I said, there's a four, they actually go through a lot of details of the sub. It was actually, it was very really well done. Yeah. This is the point where I started kind of to like dig parts of this. They go through this whole thing, almost like a Wikipedia page of all the dimensions and how fast they go submerge and how fast they go yes. on top, how many people man it, what those jobs of those four people are in the sub. And then they go mm-hmm. out in the sub and one of the guys is like a diver, but everyone, and I was actually looking like, I actually could see myself in one of these. Subs. Like usually you see a submarine. I'm like, I'd be like terrified. Because it seems like you're just so cut off from the rest of the world. But they mm-hmm. had like little windows and they were in this tiny thing. And it was almost like a little house that they lived in with everyone. I was like, you know what? This sounds seems kind of pleasant. What a great place. Yeah. It seems like what we should get for this podcast. It seems like it could hold five. We saw at the end. It could. Five of us in a little X1 yeah. submarine. X submarine. Class, X class submarine. Cruise around the Great Lakes. I'm liking this. Again, you guys take it out for the first go around. I just want to make sure it doesn't sink or anything like that. But I'm totes on that second or third one once you've hammered out all the details and haven't sunk yet. All right. Well, we'll see what we can do. Yeah. Perfect. So one of the I'm still drills- the captain, though. Oh, wait. No, you're the captain. Yeah. You're XO. I'm XO. Yeah. But I will mutiny's coming quick. Oh, man. You better believe it. There's not a lot of room on there to mutiny. That's <laughs> enough. Let's just say it. <laughs> just jettison. It's going to be real uncomfortable with your dick out, though. Yeah. I imagine. Uh- <laughs> So anyways, part of the training they're showing is a guy gets outside of the sub, they go and cut the nets, yep. and there's a big problem with one of them because they think that they cut the net big enough. Well, no, well, the, not guy, even. the guy drops it. So he, he's, he's cutting the net. So first time they do it, it's successful. Great. Like, perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they're, you know, really trying to hammer this speed because the commander is basically, or the admiral, whoever, has said, like, we really need to be ready in like a few weeks. Like this needs to well, happen quickly. This is the cliche type thing yeah. where, okay, we got to get him out there. Well, the training's not done. Well, too it bad. Better be done. Yeah. <laughs> and so as a result, you know, kind of peeved at having every with everything rushed, they have their diver out there and they, they're supposed to get it done or like net cut by a certain time. Mm-hmm. And they see him cutting it, but he drops his like clippers and he's going down to get it. And he's like, well, I think he's cut it enough. I can make it through. And it turns out that he that he did not, and he gets his submarine caught in the net. And like any good submarine, although you'd think it would have burst into flames, it did not. It did <laughs> open to the water. Yes, it and did. And the water pours in, and we get a little water on the water on the batteries. Get some battery acid. Uh, yep. And people are getting gasifying. gassed out. Oh yeah. And here we go. Dick Bolton to the rescue again. He dives right in there. Gets inside the sub. Starts giving people his oxygen. Yep. And is able to bring it up. Mm-hmm. All by himself, like a total boss. Yeah, uh, he should have been. He should have been like, "Why do we need four people? Just put me in." Yeah, I just I'll take I'll take over from here. <laughs> you guys clearly aren't doing it. Yeah, 
Uh, so he's kind of pissed at this guy. He's like, you didn't do it. You didn't do it right. And he, he was trying to explain, like, don't you understand? This is like, and this is Davies. Yeah. Davies. This- yeah. And he's like, don't you understand? This is kind of like what you did with the submarine. Like, this is how I've come to terms with what you did. And we got sunk and we lost 50 men. You saw a moment and you went for it. I saw a moment and I went for it. That's what I have to do in combat. Like, isn't that what I'm supposed to be doing in this training and stuff like that? And so he's kind of no, like, yeah, this he's is training. He's not, and he, he, when Davies is dismissed, he's like, God, he was trying to connect it back to that submarine. You can see he's really still ha- very much haunted by it. Mm-hmm. He's like, damn it. Um, but anyways, Davies is like, it's just a matter of time. He's giving me an hour, but I need to go for a walk. And some anonymous woman is like, let's go for a walk. And he's like, great. Perfect. Yep. And they were out Tits. there just yeah. walking through the woods, smoking, taking yeah. some puffs on some cigs. And yeah. all of a sudden- German paratroopers. Yeah, they see some paratroopers falling out of some more stock footage. And they're like, oh shit. And so he's trying to, they're trying to run back and she immediately sprains her ankle. And he's like, damn it. And so he's carrying this woman through the woods, trying to warn everyone that there's these German paratroopers. And the paratroopers, they get a little bit of of their action where they're speaking in just like German accents. They're Mm. like, we're going over there. Well, I can't do it. Uh, Let's not try accents here. (laughs) (laughs) But they're like, we got to find out what's over there. Like- Let's go over. And so like they they all invade the area, but just at the last moment, Davies is able to kind of go into hand-to-hand combat with one of the Germans. And he uses the skills he learned in the training montage, sure. flips the dude over, yeah. is able and to, he steals his gun and just starts shooting it in the air yeah. to signal people to come outside. So he's able to signal it. And everyone rushes outside and they get all the guns. And it's a big battle, actually. A pretty big battle ensues. And at the very end of the battle, they see that some someone was running over towards the X-class submarines, the secret submarines, mm-hmm. but they kill him and they're like, good, at least we, he wasn't seen. So when <laughs> this is an area where you could tell nobody knew how to speak German because yeah. they have that guy go over and I, I even rewound and watched this a couple of times because he's looking at something just goes, guy, gung, gung. Oh, Jesus. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought- did he say something and then rewound it? I'm like, nope, that's what he said right there. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So, yeah. So then the um, Khan is out there and he's a Dick Bolton, I guess. Uh, they see at Thank the you. they see at the last moment a German guy run away from the subs. He is he had been the one looking at the subs, and so they chase after him and they're able to kill him in the end. Again, and they didn't even try to detain him at all. I know. Just I was surprised by boom, that. I was surprised him. that it wasn't like. I'm going to hold this guy and then we'll grab him and now he's a prisoner and, and we can get to know like what they're trying to figure out, like their mission and stuff. It's like, nope, just snap his neck. No big deal. <laughs> That's how we do it around here. Something that was also odd is that everybody was inside. You have, you're at the secretive military base and you're not going to have anybody on lookout. Well, they did. I mean, they, but the Germans were killing them and stuff. I don't remember they that. They were walking around, like there oh. was a patrol walking around and they jumped out and grabbed him and killed him. Oh, okay. Yeah. So in the end, he's like, not even like one second later, he gets punched in the face, he has hand-to-hand combat, and then a second later, they're like, you've been you've been issued to London, and a boat pulls up. This part was weird, <laughs> yeah. He didn't have any time to rest. Somebody just comes up, puts a coat on him, and he goes to London, and if you look at where they were on the map, that's a really long boat yeah. ride. And so he- Seems he, unnecessary. He ends up in London, and they're like, we got to go now, because if they, were, if they knew where to look, and they knew what they were looking for for these submarines- they clearly know that there's the potential that we have some. They may not know exactly what the technology is, but they know there's the potential for the technology. And they're going to be starting to up their defenses uh, in response to this. So we need to send you now. And, and so, guess what? The ship that sunk you, the Lindendorf, the is target. hanging out in the Norwegian yeah. fjords. 
go after yeah. it. And the, it's the main target because it's been in a previous mission. It had been uh, injured a little bit, so it, it's not very fast. It can't really move. It, it hurt. It's uh, got its uh, rudder damaged, so like it can't move very well. So it's like it's a sitting duck in this fjord. If you can get into the fjord, and the only way to get in the fjord is these X class submarines, right? So they hop right in. He doesn't dismiss that guy that he had been angry with. Uh, he says, no, oh. actually, you're still commanding X3. Even his exact words were, bro, go take command of that X3, bro. Yeah, for sure. Brah, look at those, look at the sweet, whatever, tubular <laughs> waves, whatever people say. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they jolly jump in these submarines and off they go. Straight shot over to this. This was an hour. Yeah. Until finally we're really getting some sub action. In well, an, I mean, other hour, than drills. In an hour and 20, 29 minute film. Like, there was points where I was like, did I get a cut version of this film? Like, how is this possibly ending in time? <laughs> I kept checking that too. Yeah, I was like, wait. I don't even understand, but they show they show some stuff of them kind of going through the ocean, heading towards the fjord, but not all that much. I mean, there's not really anything interesting that happens no. while they're doing that. Other well, than they get into a minefield. Yes. So and we, this is the second movie we've seen with a mini sub in a minefield. It's mm-hmm. true. We, and <laughs> if the other movie had been any indication, they immediately blow up and everyone dies. So I was confused here when they successfully, although they did almost die again. They're like, mm-hmm. they take the mini sub out and immediately kind of like rub against one of the mines. Yeah. Get, get Somebody has to mine. go out there and cut it free. Yeah. And all I could think was, oh man, there's going to be another mine above it and it's it going to blow great. this thing up. Oh, it would so good. But no, they all survived. Oh man. And then, so all these mini, they get through the, the minefield and they finally get to the the submarine net. And they're like, okay, time to to get out there. How convenient. Just like we practice. It's like the net <laughs> we had back home. Exactly. exactly. The same net. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> and no more extra guards. How weird. This is perfect. And uh, we get a little scene of the, the commander of the German boat. I think you're supposed to see how he's like real savvy, but the rest of the Navy's not. Because they're like, here's the new assignments for everyone. Basically, no one does shit. And the commander's like, wait, what? I'm confused. <laughs> like, you need to have frogmen in that water now. Like, mm-hmm. we need to be patrolling the submarine net because didn't you hear? There might be some little person submarines coming our way, like ready to cut these things. Like, send them out. And so they send them out and immediately drop the frogmen just like right next to them. They're like, oh yeah. shit, frogmen. It's like, man, is this the tiniest net in the world? Like, that's <laughs> really lucky. <laughs> it is. It's pretty good. And then uh, <laughs> this is the first time we've seen a, um, well, person to person underwater knife battle. Yeah. So yeah. pretty, pretty nuts. He drops next to them and, and there's three people out there trying to cut a hole in the net. And one of them engages this, the frogman. Uh, even rips well the frogman rips the mask off the yeah, guy so for he the has first to surface person. so he surfaces and he gets seen by the uh by the germans and they have a boat coming out to them which is just a a, uh, a scene they kept on showing over and over again was the mm-hmm. same boat just like coming towards them and uh but then the, the other guy who engages the frogman is able to cut his water and kill him and so they're able to stop the the frogman but because the guy had to surface, the boat sees them, and they're starting to. They are able to drop depth depth charges. Oh yeah, and they just totally hit the mark with oh, one yeah. of them. All these and characters we've come to know and love die in a explosion. Boom. Uh, so that's X two, I think, right? Submarine X two. Yes. Explodes, yes. I believe. Uh, and so what, all that's left is X one and X three. And uh, in the end. Another depth charge gets near X one. One, yeah, and then that has to surface. That has to surface. So there, the people on that are captured. Now the captain, our, our our valiant captain Dick Bolton, he's out there having gone into his uh, 
submarines or whatever, his diving suit mm-hmm. to help out. And so he's outside of the submarine at this point. Yep. And he kind of gets concussed. He by gets the blast. concussed. They they do get the net open, but he's concussed. And so the other uh, diver for X3 is able to grab him and pull him into the submarine. And surprise, surprise, it's one of his old crew members. Oh, yeah. The guy the, he almost fired. <laughs> yeah. Guy almost fired and the guy he almost killed with yep. the bolt mission. And so they go through their little hole that they've dug and they go right under the boat. And it's kind of this. Um, this moral question, right? Like if they drop the charges that they have and, you know, run away, they're going to explode that boat in a uh, crazy huge explosion. Uh, But that will kill the other (laughs) members of submarine X one who have been taken prisoner on the Mm -hmm. boat. And so they're like, what do we do? Um, And they think about that for about one second and then. Well, yeah, Davies was the one who was thinking it. He couldn't say it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Dick Bolton wakes up. Yeah. He's (laughs) He's like, like, give me that mic. Put that dick away. Yeah. Here's mine. Yep. And drop the charges. For sure. No big deal. We're going to blow that thing up. Yeah. So they do. And they're literally speeding away. And they explode the boat in a giant fire explosion that looks like it's like a volcanic eruption. It's <laughs> so gigantic and huge. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And then they're speeding away. And the, literally at this point, there was like 45 seconds left in the movie. And you just see him like looking through his periscope. And he steps away from the periscope for a second and goes like, all right, crack open the uh, first aid. Um, I think we could all take a nip of whiskey, right? Smash cut the end. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? That's it? That's that's the movie. No other anything? Like, that was crazy. That's probably the shortest recap we've under, ever done. We're under time. Oh, wow. So let's talk about it some more. Uh, what was your favorite uh, <laughs> dick scene of a dick that you saw? Uh, Definitely. I liked when one when of the guy got up. concussed, and then they had to pull him into the, the hole in the submarine or the, the little hatch, yeah, and, and just, he had to grab him. He grabbed him by the dick and put him right into like the submarine. It's like a handle. Yeah. Yep. That actually happened though. <laughs> Grabbed him like by the taint and like pushed him into this thing. I was like, "Whoa, that's acting." He didn't even move. <laughs> <laughs> Some hardcore. I would have been like, "Whoa, my word!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the movie in a nutshell, really. Uh, let's just tear right into it. I guess let's get into some ratings here. Uh, let's see. Who do we want to start with? Brom, why don't you go ahead and give me a rating on this? Okay, I was a little uh, surprised that you guys weren't enjoying it. I actually enjoyed this movie um, quite a bit, despite it being super old. I think the age of it kind of lent itself to uh, some awkward, you know, pregnant pauses, and the music never really fit sometimes what was going on on screen. You know, it's always kind of like adventure, like exciting music, and like people are, people are dying, and it's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> and and then the very last scene with James Caan, you know, just kind of like his lower lip quivering and it's just kind of staring at him for a solid minute. And he asked for a little sip of brandy. It was just a little awkward. It was just awkward at times and it ended kind of abruptly, but I enjoyed it. And I'm going to give it a 6.5. All righty. That's not that bad. I mean, that, I mean, that's not too far off of, I think, what I would give it. But should I go next in that case? Or if you want to, to, go for it. Let's do it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this was, it seemed like it was kind of put together uh, maybe last minute or maybe just to get it off the shelf a little bit. Like that was one of the big, the weirdest things about it was like these archived footage kind of thrown in. It's kind of put it together in a, in a strange way, almost with stuff added in, like the people coming out of the beach or some of the training stuff. Like to me, seemed clearly a way of having some, you know, post-processing or uh, extra additional scenes filmed mm-hmm. uh, to make it to to get it to time or whatever. So it did seem like one of these things that had kind of been put together at last minute and didn't turn out 
maybe the way that it could have turned out. And I actually also thought that uh, James Caan was surprisingly terrible. Um, it's actually amazing to watch this and maybe The Godfather because like he's actually really good in The Godfather. He's kind of a crazy person in The Godfather. And in this, he's really subdued. He barely emotes at all most of the time. Like he has a, I guess, a quiet, uh, I don't know how to describe it, like he's clearly upset about the fact that he lost a lot of men on the submarine that he'd been on before. And so maybe that was the the idea is that he's just like quietly going about his business, but it was, it was strange to watch that as well. So mm-hmm. I wasn't super uh, enthused or uh, excited by the movie. Um, and so I guess I'll go with a, a 6.0. I thought it was middle of the road. Okay. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I'll go next year. There were things in the movie I enjoyed. For instance, how accurate they were with certain things about the sub. Well, they did take liberties with, you know, one thing, really. But it took a long time for us to get on sub, to get any sub action. For sure. I think if you do this movie today, granted this was done in the 60s, I think if you did it today, it could be done extremely well. It could be very cool. Yeah. Um. But for me, it's like a... I mean, we just watched Stinger too, so this <laughs> might inflate me. But uh, I think that may be the problem. Uh, I'll be worth it. You know what? I got to change mine too. <laughs> I'm going to do like a 5.5 on it. Yeah, I want to put my neck down to a 5.5 as well. Okay. I feel like it's, that makes more sense. I mean, definitely had some things that I enjoyed, but it just wasn't what it things... could have been. It could have been really good. It just wasn't. I don't right. Know. Yeah. I was thinking if, well, you know, Dunkirk came out last summer, and I thought, yeah. man, if you did a film like this, you know, with. All the effects and all that they had for exactly. a movie like that. This could be really top notch. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Alex. Let's see. I know uh, you sent a text out. You were not too thrilled with this. <laughs> I I I did not like it that much. I'm going to give it a four point five. I mean, it wasn't terribly trash, but I just all of that for just sinking one ship, and even then, it was a struggle. It just <laughs> felt like it's a weird story. Um. The mini subs are cool, though. Obviously, I thought that was cool. well. Yeah, who doesn't love a mini sub? I like the descriptions they did of them too, and like showing them diving and kind of working the mini sub. Like I liked all that stuff. That was cool. The underwater fight scene was actually pretty sweet. Was not expecting that, um, but overall, I just wasn't too impressed with it. Did you guys also see the the film poster for this? It's just on the Wikipedia. Uh, it literally says, "Hell can be very cold, very wet, and very deep." Like. <laughs> <laughs> That? Why is that not the name of this podcast? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's just, amazing. That I was, be, yeah, like, I was expecting something filled with a lot of action, and instead we just got a whole bunch of training for them to go blow up one boat. So I guess I was expecting more. Yeah, I would have expected more of the movie to be the mission, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the mission didn't take that long. No. No. 30, 30 minutes. That last 30 minutes to film, basically. Could have used more of that. But anyway, yep. let's start getting into something else. Um, let's get some trivia going. Jamie, you got some trivia. Oh, for sure. So as I had mentioned a couple times, the movie utilizes black and white archive footage, such as for parachuting, as part of the story. Uh, as such, these shots do not match the rest of the film. It is rare for this type of color and black and white intercutting to occur in a full color movie where the archive footage is not intended to be a historical reference. And I would say that's true. And that tells you something about the film, the fact that Normally, that would never happen because it looks ridiculous, and yet they did this for this one. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so this movie is based on real life chariot human torpedo attacks on the German battleship Trippets during World War II, as well as Operation Source, which was a series of attacks by X-class midget or little person submarines on Nazi German warships. <laughs> the Trippets and Scharnhorts and Lutzau in northern Norway during World War II. You're doing uh, really good with those names. No better than I would be. Yeah, well, I certainly did not do well with those names. <laughs> better, better than the Germans on the ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. And uh, and speaking of Operation Source, uh, Source, it was also the subject of Above Us, The Waves, a 1955 film. So this is the second film that dealt with the same uh, operation. So if we wanted to see if there was another film that did it better, we have another one that we could try. <laughs> we do. Uh, and so this was produced in 1967 by Mirsch Films. It sat on the shelf for two years before being quietly released in August of 1969, actually as the B film on a double feature. So it was the second film of a series that you'd go and see. Really? Uh, or I guess the opener. I, th- I think that's how it works. It was the opening film. I, hmm. I don't know. Uh, the World War II historical drama is invari- invariably classified as minor uh, in the war, war movie genre, uh, thanks to a cliched setup and a low-budget approach to scenes that require a bigger epic look. And so that's kind of like those archive footage and stuff like that. You yeah. have these parachuters, and normally there'd be some epic look to them, but instead they just use some archive, so it looks real small. You didn't yeah. even necessarily need that scene in the movie. You didn't need a lot of it, yeah. Could have spent more time doing other things. And then uh, to finish up here, usually my fifth one uh, will be uh, where we do some alternative casting. So Ooh. James Kahn received top billing uh, even though he played a Canadian amongst the cast of characters who were playing English on a British submarine. I read that. Did any of you even get that he was Canadian? Yeah, well, it said, it said, it said did Canada. It matter? It said Canada on his shirt sleeve. So that's the only thing. That that's the only thing. Yeah, really. I mean, other than the fact that he didn't speak with a British accent. So anyways, uh, he was famously in The Godfather. Let's see if some other Godfather actors may have been good in some roles Ooh. in this one. So what about Al Pacino? Which role would you think maybe that he could have been in this one? <laughs> I'd like Al Pacino uh, as Davies, the, yeah. the guy who heads up Submarine X3. I don't know. I feel like it's the guy who almost drowns. The guy who gets like real angry. He gets that that theatrical moment in the movie oh, that could to be really good. be like, Hoo-ah! And he right? smashes into the chess table. Yeah. Yeah, it could be good. Yeah. How about you guys? What do you guys think about that? I could see Al Pacino being that German captain oh see i think the second i think the second one my second one on here is marlon brando and i was thinking marlon brando in that small role as the german captain like that would be makes that would make some sense that'd be very cool yeah i think that'd be pretty good does anyone do a marlon brando impression a lot of people do brom you got a really good one right i heard that didn't you win an award for it i'm gonna give you an offer you can't refuse perfect did marlon brando (laughs) step in here hey marlon i have a question oh wait was that brom Shit. That, that was actually me. Marlon Brando is dead. Oh, you tricked me. <laughs> gotcha. You had a soundboard over there. Yeah. Uh, number three, Robert De Niro. Ooh. All right. I, I think Robert him. De Niro, I should put him in as Davies. I yeah, think, I'd be, he'd be a good Davies, I think. I think he could be Bolton. Yeah, I was going to say, he also oh, could be a good main be. character. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. He'd be, he'd be good at the guy who you're kind of supposed to hate, but quietly he's like had done the right thing and now he's driving everyone hard and everyone's like, what a dick. But then it's like, you know what? I now respect you, Robert De Niro. You can take your dick out anytime. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. So that's so serious looking right into my eyes. <laughs> Number four, and maybe this guy would be Davies then in this Ooh, case. Okay. Robert Duvall. Ooh. I feel like the apostle himself. 
It'd be good. The Judge. Any of these right? guys. These would movies be just that so everyone knows. That yeah. They love Robert Duvall for. And then this one that you you probably wouldn't necessarily know this actor, John Cazale. Do you know? Does anyone know who John Cazale is? Cazale? Cazale? No. At first, I thought you were going to say like Jim Caviezel or no, whatever no, his name Jim is. Cazale. No. So he's he's famous because so he was a an actor who he starred in five movies, I think, and all were nominated for Best Picture. And then he died of pancreatic cancer. And so he, the only his only credits are Best Picture nominated films. That's crazy. Yeah. So he was in because he was in God, Godfather Part One, Godfather Part Two. He was in The Deer Hunter. He was in. Then he was in uh, a couple other ones, and they all were nominated. Um, but then he died. He was also married to Meryl Streep. Wow. Really? A long time ago. Yeah. Makes you wonder, doesn't it, Alex? <laughs> I I am wondering. <laughs> I got I got one for you guys. Oh, I got I got one more though. Can okay, I, go for it. Okay, actually, you go you go first. You go first. I can save mine. Okay, you want to save the best for last? I get yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Mine's probably just gonna be a letdown, but you know, I'm thinking we got James Con. You know, yep. he played uh, he played almost like a father figure to Quentin. You know, trying, oh. to, trying to make a man out of him. I see what you're and, saying. And James Con played Will Ferrell's dad, an elf. This is not where I thought you were going with it. What about we're going for Scott Con? <laughs> what about Will Ferrell as Quentin, the uh, bumbling guy that couldn't uh, initially loosen that bolt, but ends up becoming a heroic character? <laughs> how, how old would Will Ferrell be in this movie? <laughs> well, no, this is the thing with these oh, castings; yeah, it's gonna be at the time, whenever. whenever you want it to be. Okay, in his prime, like right now. I, I'm going to pass because I am a huge Scott Kahn fan and I thought that's what we were going for it. And so now All right. I How about Scott Kahn? Yes. <laughs> and then my last one, famous, famous Godfather character actor, Ed Harris. What are you thinking? <laughs> Obviously, yes. Yes. I mean, we have to, but what role? I guess he's the main guy. Or Art Evans is the main guy. Yeah. But this Bolton. would be Ed Harris Abyss style. Yes, for sure. Cut. For sure. Especially when- when he rips Quinn out of the bottom of the exercise where he can't pull the bolt out, he would just do it one-handed. For sure. People would be trying to help me get away. Let me do this. Yeah. He'd also do it shirtless, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd hope. We all would. Wasn't Ed Harris only like eight or nine years older than us <laughs> when he was in the abyss? Yeah, and I think he, he may he, even be less than that. And he looked old <laughs> as shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's something we can look forward to. Sorry, Ed Harris. Yeah. No he need looked- to. I know he's a listener. We're sorry to insult you. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And so to finish up my little portion of it, let's take this to the Phantom Zone. Engage the Phantom. Phantom's engaged, sir. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, so this is a pretty easy one. I didn't even have to write it down. So really, yeah. James. Well, I didn't do. I didn't do it from in my head. I mean, I I looked it through, but it's, oh, okay. it's easy enough that I know what's what's up. So uh, James Caan actually makes a cameo appearance, uh, uncredited, in a film called 1941, uh, which is a um, John Belushi film, uh, kind of using a lot of the people from SNL, uh, directed by Steven Spielberg in 1979. It was his first, uh, f- one of his first feature films that he that he directed. Hmm. Huge flop, critical. Was it a funny type movie? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, there's, it's all like the submarine in it is like a Japanese submarine trying to find Hollywood, and they mistakenly end up, uh, you know, finding a commander, uh, a sub American submarine commander called Hollywood, 
Captain Wood or something. Uh, okay. So this is like <laughs> this is uh, a Spielberg like movie. This is a Spielberg movie, uh, and so uh, it's horribly re- reviewed. It was a critical and commercial failure. But uh, also in that is um, Dan Aykroyd, since he was on SNL, and Dan Aykroyd had an, a role in uh, Michael Bay's Pearl Harbor, which I had used before, because in Pearl Harbor is our boy uh, Willie Fichtner. Fichtner. Oh. And Fichtner, come on, Fichtner is like. The star of Phantom, yes. if Ed Harris had died and not been in the movie. Exactly. Then he would have been the star. But Perfect. he's second, basically. Or third, after Duchovny. Super close, man. That's Easy breezy. Very no, no, close no, connections. Yeah, no big deal to go from this very minor war movie all the way to Phantom in like four steps. Boom, boom, boom. I think our our elite three right now are definitely Ed Harris, David Duchovny, and William Fickner for uh, most referenced people during episodes <laughs> probably yeah, definitely <laughs> i don't know who else <laughs> really fickner shows up in a lot of good movies yeah black hawk mm-hmm. down yeah dark knight teenage mutant ninja turtles movie there you go yep. which was it the turtles armageddon time? no that was the michael bay oh ones. the michael bay ones yeah. i remember him in uh an abc series about like aliens that were living under the everglades i know i remember that one he was an alien basically he, an yeah. alien had like entered his body yeah. no way oh yeah he's like the star yeah. of it that's crazy it only lasted a couple seasons but it's crazy it's a <laughs> real weird movie. Real, like real, real movie weird uh tv show but yeah so that's phantom zone easy breezy beautiful cover girl Ain't not nothing a but a thing yeah all right it's time it's it's sub 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 world Wide. 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 This is no joke. My brother's wife said this was her favorite segment of the. Subs World Wide? Thank you. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> Eat that, Jamie. <laughs> I know. You know what? She's just having pity on you. She might be, or watch, I'll show up at your family Christmas <laughs> just because she wants to meet me and get an autograph. Uh, <laughs> Like, no, it's just a normal guy. I can bring you something. He can sign it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, all right. So anyway, this movie, Submarine X-1, uses the X-Class submarine, which is a real thing. Of course. And so, Alex, it's kind of funny when you're like, the story on this sucked. Uh, it's actually pretty darn close to the true story of what went down. Yeah, well, they should have made a movie on it then. <laughs> <laughs> made two movies. Goodness. Yes. So, the uh, the Royal Navy... Um, built about 20 of these subs between 1943 and 1944. And be, because these are midget-class subs, these are actually designed to be towed to an, their area of operation by a mother submarine. That's something we didn't see in the movie. Mm. Would have added maybe a layer of complication, but we probably could have done it without the German attack or whatever. We probably could have worked it in. Um, so anyway, once in the area, the crew would transfer from the towing boat to the X-Class with a uh, a dinghy or something like that. And then after they did their mission, did their attack, they'd meet back up with a towing boat and go back home. So the specs they give in the movie are actually very close. The only thing they really kind of fudge is the distance it can travel, and that did away with the towing boat. So they are 51 feet long. When they're in the water, their displacement is 30 tons, and midget-class subs are anything under 150. L- little person class. Yeah, little please, person. They're under 150 tons, so these are very small. And when huh. they're surface, they can cruise at six and a half knots, submerged five and a half. And we heard that in the movie. Did you take that from the movie or from online? 
I'd verified it online, but that wow. is exactly what it is in the movie. These are a little small for our submarine, though. We're looking for like a 900-footer, right? No, that was the submarine yacht. Right. No, that's what I mean. That's what we're looking for. Oh, though. yeah. yeah. Well, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> um, so their surface in the movie, they said they can go 1,500 nautical miles, but really it's 500 nautical miles. When they're submerged, they can go 82. They can go down to a depth of 300 feet, which is what they said. They hold four crew members. And even the weapons they use are real. Oh, my God. The Amatol charges, that's real. Oh, my God. 4,000 pounds. <laughs> I thought, oh, you know, some fancy, weird thing. And they actually fall off the side of the sub like they did in the movie. So I thought that was pretty cool. And so, like Jamie alluded to earlier, this was based off of the um, Operation Source. And so the operational base was actually at a castle in Scotland at a luxury hotel with 88 bedrooms, and it's called Kyle's Hydro Hotel. So I'm a little partial, but it got torn down, whatever. <laughs> so anyway, um, Operation Source. This was the first deployment of these X-Class subs in September 43, and what they were doing is they were attempting to neutralize heavy German warships in Norway, and so six of these subs were used in the real mission, but in the movie they only used three. Uh, but two of them effectively laid charges underneath boats, and the other ones, it didn't really go so hot. So anyway, the X-9, <laughs> it was being towed, and while it was being towed to the spot, all of a sudden it just like abruptly dove down deep in the entire boat, and the people were on who were on board at the time uh, died. I mean, the boat's gone. This isn't sounding great for us actually using these subs. I'm not feeling so, so great yeah. about being on them anymore. No, yeah, they, they don't have... The best longevity. No. Uh, X-8 developed leaks in the explosive charges on Great. the side, which they had to drop those because that was a problem. And that exploded, which severely damaged the boat. And they had to actually scuttle the boat. And But everybody was rescued. The X-10 had to just abandon the attack due to mechanical navigational issues. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, so there's three of six. Uh, that's half of them. X five disappeared, and it's just believed that that was sunk by Nazi boats. And then X six and seven were the ones that could get their charges underneath the turpits, but they could not escape because they were spotted and attacked. And both the subs were abandoned, and the crews were captured. Wow. Yeah, but they did not destroy the boat in such a glorious fashion as they did in the movie. They did damage it, but it was out of commission. So it started, this was in September 43. It was out of commission until April 44. Almost a year. Probably <sighs> sa probably saved some ships, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. This is, so this was the only time that they used multiple submarine X's, uh, X classes in one attack. And the X-24 is the only remaining X-craft intact, and it is actually on display at the Royal Navy Submarine Museum Guys. in the UK. So, Guys trip. So anybody in the UK, you can go ahead and go check out one of these subs. Send us some pics. Yes. For sure. We want to see that little person submarine. <laughs> yep. That's it for subs worldwide. I'm actually starting to wonder, is it offensive that I call it a little person submarine? Might be. I haven't seen anywhere online anybody calls it that. Well, people call it a midget submarine, right? Midget class? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm wondering if by me saying it as if it was a joke, whether it like is subverting a actual issue that that is like real and I'm like making a joke out of it. I feel bad about it now. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> ah well. Thinking about it and 
It's gone. I yeah, no, I don't know. I've okay. done it. I've done it a bunch of times. <laughs> Nobody's called out on us yet. Well, called no one us listens. Out on it. Yeah, yeah, no one's no one listens. So that's one no, of the things. We got some people. Well, all right. <laughs> Alex, you got any news for us? Well, I was going through doing my regular research on the week, and I got I got sucked into an article, guys. Here. <laughs> uh, you like down the rabbit hole type this thing? Is, this is the uh, this is the name of the article. Tell me, you guys would definitely click on this. In 2003, a Chinese submarine was lost at sea. How the crew died is terrifying. Oh my um, God. Yeah, I would <laughs> yeah. That, so, boom, clicked on it. Uh, so, according to this, this happened all the way back in 2003, so this isn't really news, but for whatever <laughs> okay. reason, this thing, it, it was just printed today. Uh, when I happen to find it. <laughs> All right, um, so it's news to us. Yeah, yeah news to us. Anyways, uh, there is this fisherman out in the middle of nowhere, and he sees a periscope for a submarine just floating around. And he thought that was kind of strange. And it wasn't moving. It wasn't going anywhere or anything. So he called it in. Navy showed up, Chinese Navy, and they towed this boat back. So I'm reading this article, and it's talking about what this submarine can do. So you, that'd probably be like right up your alley right there, Kyle, um, because uh, half of it, though, <laughs> well, it's kind of really tough to describe. It, long story short, the article was completely wrong because it doesn't really tell us how the crew died. It's Are you just, serious? Oh it's God. just, it's just three theories of what could have happened. Um, what are the theories? Yeah, well, one of them we've seen this before. The battery acid said somehow some seawater got in there uh, and created chlorine gas. Uh, the second one said that the ship just sank to the bottom and hit the crushed its nose on the front. And I thought to myself, that doesn't make sense because how did that fisherman see the, <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, that the make periscope sense at, at the beginning? So, okay, I don't know who's writing this one. And then the third one said that uh, they were in snarkel mode running on diesel and somehow the air vent closed off and everybody suffocated because the diesel angel ate up used up all the oxygen on the boat in two minutes. I have I have a fourth theory. My theory is they all went to bed and simultaneously died of natural causes. What do we think? Ooh, what are the chances you think? It's a pretty good it. theory, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I would think the snorkel mode one. Yeah, no, that one, sounds, guessing. that one sounds that one sounds real. And also, yeah. some of these, it would seem like if they recovered the boat, they would mm-hmm. know whether one was more likely than the other. Well, you could do some kind of toxicology They report. would be able to tell if the batteries had had water get into them. They'd be able to tell if... You know, the, the nose was crushed as it went to the bottom of the ocean. They'd be able to tell whether it they had died of suffocation. Like, I'm confused. I'd be huh. confused at how they didn't figure it out then. That would be pretty. think that they're all wrong. Well, know? the article says that China won't officially say what happens and that China's official excuse was a mechanical failure. I was like, well, how does that kill a whole goddamn crew? So, I don't know. <laughs> but... Uh, it was there. It was a misleading. They were all crushed under a torpedo as they were trying to load it. Probably could happen. But they said normally, like how many people died on here? Like seventy three or something. They said normally oh, it's only supposed wow. to be like sixty people on here. So, so seventy three people were trying to move a torpedo into a torpedo and got crushed. That's crazy. all at once. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So I got sucked right into that one. I was laughing about it because none of it was making sense at all. <laughs> uh, ah, clickbait. It's the best. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Other good news. President Trump, your guy, <laughs> included it, included uh, money in the budget for more submarines. So oh, we can expect, oh, we can expect we more in the future. And I've read that in an article from Hartford, Connecticut. And I guess Hartford, Connecticut makes a lot of submarines or at least yeah. – 
helps with the shipbuilding process for a couple of different companies. So Hartford was very excited about that. <laughs> and I then lastly, uh, there is some submarine base up in like someplace up in Russia, pretty close to the Arctic. Shout out uh, to our that, listeners in Russia. Yep. Uh, well, and I feel bad for these guys. It's really cold up there. And they said 10,000 people without heat right now. So mm. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. At the sub base? Yep. At the sub base. So I'll keep you posted. Hopefully they get heat back. And they can while away their time listening to our submarine podcast. They don't have heat. In, well, they probably have electricity. I don't your, know. Our, our podcast warms your cockles. Is that the term? <laughs> I don't know. Is that right? I don't know. You just uh, managed to look, sneak another cock in there. Yeah. <laughs> look up somebody. Look up the word cockles. I think that's a real up. thing. I think no, it is a thing. Cockles, guys. You are not going to believe this. I just got an email from Zach. Is that right? Yeah. It says, "Brom, I realize that I'm the backbone and can't let the team down. Would you please share these Zach facts during the episode today?" <laughs> oh shit! Because I was going to make up a rankings mm-hmm. right now out of and, nowhere, and that, in fact, about this. is yeah. is Zach fact number one. Word. Zach fact number two, the movie originally began filming at Lake Geneva in Wisconsin. Tragedy nearly occurred when the location's crew sailed into a minefield planted by a doomsday prepper living underneath the lake. Fortunately, James Caan was able to dive and rescue the cast by cutting away one of the uh, the mines. (laughs) Footage of this made it into the final cut of the film, and everyone was transplanted to much safer Scotland waters to complete filming. Fact. That's a good one. Wow, dude. A doomsday prepper. Khan is a hero. <laughs> I know. A crazy. doomsday prepper living under the lake. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to set minds here. Zach fact number three. Authentic Nazis were used in filming this movie in return for leniency for their war crime prison sentences. When rumors of this fact escaped the set, the Germans were asked to speak in broken German in order to prevent a media <laughs> firestorm. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Wow. I mean, I, I can't, it's I, it's almost unbelievable, but it I is. have to believe it. Mm-hmm. It's a Zach fact. Yeah. I wonder where they, uh, you know, probably some kind of witness protection program. I wonder where they put him. You mean right like now? Yeah. They'd probably be dead now. Uh, you never know. Well, no way. This is 68. They could still be alive. But they're actual Nazis. Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, I guess they could have been really young Nazis. Yeah, they would have been like uh, the young private you know, whatever, whatever their term for that would but have been. But still, wouldn't they? They'd be like ninety years old now. So still, likelihood living under the lake in Wisconsin. That's the most likely scenario. True. <laughs> yes. And uh, lastly, Paul Young, who played leading seaman Quentin, upon conclusion of filming, enrolled in vocational school. He was so embarrassed by his misuse of a wrench during filming that he put aside vanity and acting to learn more real-world skills. Fact. <laughs> That's my favorite fact. That's true. I mean, I wouldn't. I gotta believe it because he clearly didn't know how to use a wrench, which is absurd. I'm not even handy, and I know how to use a wrench. It's not hard. No. <laughs> and and that is Zach facts. Awesome. Awesome. Where you come through? We also have a letter from a listener. Ooh. And now, it's time for a letter from listeners like you. It says, Hey, Submersibles, if you could see any fictional character as the captain in a submarine, who would you like to see and why? A fictional character? A fictional character, yep. Yes. 
so from like any movie e- movie television show whatever you want anything. cartoon oh. whatever <laughs> hank hill there you go <laughs> ah, i like it why yep. why would you like to see hank hill <laughs> i don't know i think he'd just be a good seaman it's a good captain i think i think he's solid know. yeah his dick would be out all the time for sure, he's got to let let everyone know what's up. Let everyone know he won't be showing his butt though, because his butt's a little effeminate. <laughs> Is that the word? I mean, it's just flat. I guess I don't know. I don't could know. They put I enough remember. beer on the sub for him. They could, they could, they could always uh, stop someplace along the way and just get beer because it's Hank Hill. It's true. Do whatever he wants. Probably set up Would a nice be- little propane oh, grill up on the deck. Yeah. Is it a Hank- propane powered sub? Oh, <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah, that would be a lot of propane. Yes, it would be. Yeah, that's who I want to see, Hank Hill. Ooh. I, oh man, I'm between two. Two of my favorite animated shows are Aqua Teen Hunger Force and um. Rick and Morty. I uh, probably, I would want to see Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force on there. <laughs> I think that's correct, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, just because he gets super fired up. People start giving him shit. Carl doesn't take it, especially if he had that foreigner belt buckle like he had in one episode where he could uh, use the superpowers on other submarines. <sighs> then we're seriously talking. Mm-hmm. And he's always wearing flip-flops. It's pretty awesome. He's pretty lax. Should I go next? Yeah, go All for right. it. All um, right. <clears throat> one of my favorite shows on television um, is a show called Vanderpump Rules, which is about um, a bunch of people running a restaurant uh, in L.A. and uh, called Sir, and uh, they're just like a lot of drama. Uh, it is a reality show, so while they aren't fictional themselves, mm-hmm. um, I think most of what they do on that show is fictional, so I count it. And I would like to see them run, try to run a submarine together, because guess what? That drama is ratcheted up when you're in close quarters for that long. They can't go off and just be like, fuck all these guys like, I'm not going to talk to them for like a week which happens mm-hmm. on the show all the time because there's so much drama you know instead they're right there and then like Jax you know he's always sleeping with people he's probably sleeping with a bunch of that crew of that submarine and then ooh boy <laughs> think about the drama then <laughs> yeah. oh man you're trapped down there yeah it's pretty good <laughs> it would be pretty good I'd also like to see you guys You guys all remember Chappelle's show sure mm-hmm. um Tyrone Bigham, I think, would be pretty good, too. Because he's blind? No. This is the crack addict. Oh, yeah. that's the crack addict. Sorry. <laughs> I was thinking of the, the blind uh, No, no, no. Not him. <laughs> Sorry. That'd make for a totally, entirely different movie. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I was thinking of other ones. Like, I know I know my brother, his ideal one was Big Mama from Big Mama's house because of all, like, the antics of Big Mama. And it really does kind of fit in with the series. Like, you could actually imagine them being like, all right, for the fourth movie in this franchise, Big Mama... Ends up in the Navy, has to go infiltrate the Navy, and then she's on a submarine and as a captain. Like, Big Mama is like cracking heads and like, you know, going after it as like a big fat person getting stuck in like places and like all kinds of stuff. <laughs> has to get into like a, a diving suit and that's like real crazy because it's all, she's all fat and stuff. Like, that'd, that'd, be, good. that'd be pretty good. Yeah. Brom, you, you got anybody you'd like to see? I was thinking, you know, what if we have uh, Scooby-Doo and the Mystery Machine down there and have an episode of that? A mystery like, what, sub? Yeah, what would, our, what would our villain be? Well, our villain in, in reality would be some kind of, like, developer who's hoping to uh, take over the submarine local submarine business by making it seem like his competitor's subs are actually haunted by ghosts. 
right? Mm-hmm. It normally ends up being a regular person <laughs> who's pretending to be some super supernatural being. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure like I remember like a diver being one of the costumes, like a deep sea diver. Oh, I think you're of... right. But wasn't it a ghost? Wasn't it still like a ghost deep sea diver? Yeah, yeah, it was definitely still a ghost. So he makes but... it glow. Oh. He makes it glow, and then they'd have to do something around. different for this one. The Harlem Globetrotters. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> that would work. Perfect. <laughs> so they. So it's. They're on a submarine, and the bad guys are the Harlem Globetrotters. Perfect. <laughs> but it actually turns out that they're not the Harlem Globetrotters. They're the head of the rival submarine company trying to take over the submarine business. I could see that. I think this script uh, is writing itself. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pitch it to Hanna-Barbera. Done. Oh, man. Let's call them up. People can make Stinger. I'm sure we could get that made. Yeah, and apparently uh, Amazon has to put it on their their programming. <laughs> this, this apparently, could if be you our, just ask, uh... they can't refuse. I think another one, like uh, just to finish it up, like Batman already has a submarine, but I would be interested to know what kind of submarine Superman has. He doesn't need one, but he does. What happens if he did have one? Oh, he would just eventually get some kind of call, and he'd just fly he'd out just of fly it, out bust of the a submarine. hole through it, and everybody yeah. die on the or, sub. Or the submarine would just like bust out of the water and be like a spaceship. Well, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. That would be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I do love letters from listeners. It makes us talk about um, the important things in life. Thanks for listening to Submersion. Find us on SoundCloud and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.